From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Good to have you with us. And uh, just, uh, just a reminder, so friends, here at Advancing Environment Communities, we appreciate your support, not only prayer, but your financial support as well. Uh, just a reminder, you can contact us on our website at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. And uh, if you want to find out about new opportunities to serve, hit that daily update page, the little red blinking doohickey. That little gizmo. Yeah, that's the uh, technical term for it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that'll take you right to our daily update page. And Elaine puts uh, a lot of brand new items on there during the day. And uh, again, some great opportunities uh, to serve. And you can also call us area code 209-544-9571, 209-544-9571. In just a moment, uh, we're going to reunite you with uh, some of our dearest friends here at ABC, yes. uh, great uh, brother and sister in the Lord, Barb and, and uh, Vern Dethridge of the Modesto Gospel Mission. Mm. And wow, God has done such neat things uh, with you and through you through the years, and we'll be uh, reintroducing you to uh, Vernon Barber here in just a minute. Right now, though, let's check in our friends with Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another real-life Jesus freak. In his youth, Milan attended a Muslim fundamental school. But at night, he would unlock the steel trunk in his bedroom and read gospel booklets by Kerosene Lamb. After accepting Jesus, Milan sold Christian books in the market alongside articles of clothing. He also delivered tracks by bicycle to nearby villages, singing psalms as he rode. Radical Muslims in Bangladesh responded by stealing shirts and pants from his shop and yelling as he rode by. Things like, if we see you again, we will cut off your feet. Then see if you can ride your bike. Still, Milan remembers how reading the truth of Scripture changed his life. Do you remember? Go online to persecution.com. You know, and it just reminds us, friends, uh, for the moment anyway, we enjoy uh, freedoms here in the United States of America, but uh, other parts of the world, what we take for granted, uh, other people uh, suffer right. persecution for. And, you know, and I'm not a a pessimist at all. I tend to normally see the glass half full, but there may become a time in our in our country when we'll have to worry about those kind of things. And, you know, all the more reason for us to walk out the commands that Jesus gave us to love God with everything that you have, your whole being, and love your neighbor as yourself, because time is short. And we need to take a 
it's really really take advantage of those opportunities and those blessings and those freedoms that God has given us in our country. Speaking of freedoms, let's check in with Brad Dacus in the Pacific Justice and Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Good news in the case of two college students who were sent disciplinary letters and were threatened with expulsion over a prayer offered for a sick teacher. Last week, a federal judge in San Francisco agreed that our lawsuit on behalf of these students had merit and rejected attempts by the College of Alameda to dismiss the case. It's alarming that a publicly funded college would continue to justify its efforts to punish these students for a private prayer between adults. But we are very encouraged that the court has given us the green light to move ahead with this case. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And here's a couple of details on this. This is a fascinating case. Um, and again, that, that website, friends, we encourage you to support them. Brad Dacus just does some wonderful work here mm-hmm. in California uh, at uh, pacificjustice.org. This was um, before Christmas 2007. And two students went to deliver a Christmas gift to their professor. And <clears throat> Brad says, Candy found her instructor, an instructor alone in her office. When the instructor indicated she was ill, Candy offered to pray for her. The instructor bowed her head, and Candy began to pray, until she was interrupted by another faculty member named Derek Piazza. Not that we'll name any names here, but Derek Piazza walked in and said, You can't do that here. So Candy quickly left and rejoined her friend and fellow student, Ojama. And uh, anyway, this Derek Piazza, who had uh, walked in on this uh, felony prayer time, followed Candy outside and repeated his rebuke. And uh, while the students reported they were surprised by the teacher's aggressive behavior, they were stunned when days later they both got letters notifying them of the college's retroactive intent to suspend them. And uh, anyway, school officials informed them during the administrative hearings that uh, Candy was being disciplined for praying for the sick teacher. Can you Um, fathom that? Unbelievable. Yeah, and and Candy's friend was not part of the prayer, but her offense apparently was that she was with Candy a short time later. The lawsuit was filed when the college refused to rescind the letters, leaving the students in peril of suspension or expulsion for any other offense, such as praying on campus. She was an accomplice. Good (laughs) night. Drive-by prayer. Drive-by prayer, yeah. That's our prayer by. Drive-by prayer. That's dangerous stuff. (laughs) The decision from the U.S. District uh, uh, Judge Susan Ilston turned back college attempts to deny the students uh, a hearing on their complaint. And uh, so anyway, well, and, and good for that judge. Yes. You know, U.S. District Judge Susan Ilson, thank you for doing the right thing. Mm. And uh, so anyway, we will follow this uh, over the weeks and, and uh, see how this turns out. But can you imagine? Yeah. And I was just saying just a few moments ago, you know, we think, we think that this is America. You know, it'll never happen here. Well, here's two, two students are threatened with expulsion and have to go to court because they prayed for a teacher who was sick. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? 
Wow. Well, opportunities to serve. Opportunities to serve, and we'll pray if we are so inclined to do so, too. There you go. (laughs) These are uh, opportunities from the Volunteer Center of the United Way. American Cancer Society, getting ready for the Relay of Life. It's uh, that time of the year again, fun-filled overnight relay event that mobilizes communities across the nation to celebrate survivorship and to remember those who lost their lives to cancer, uh, to raise money for the fight against cancer. The 24-hour relay event will be celebrated on April 25th and 26th in Oakdale and Angels Camp, May 2nd and 3rd in Patterson and Turlock, Tuolumne and Tracy, and then May 16th and 17th in Ceres, Ripon, and Manteca, May 30th and 31st in Modesto and Riverbank, and June 6th and 7th in Stockton and Lodi. Now, volunteers, listen up, are needed on the first day of each relay to register walkers and teams and to help out with the sales and setup of the luminaries for the evening luminary ceremony, honoring cancer victims and helping with the other activities during the event. And on Sunday to assist with the cleanup and the conclusion at the event at all sites. Now, uh, a lot of people get involved in this, and I know Pastor Mike's uh, daughter and son are very involved in you know, this and, each and every year. And they go all out. They, they, they almost are there the full 24 yeah, hours. It's, it's just a fun And it's a, it's a cool thing. I mean, uh, just from uh, Big Valley Christian School, there are over 100 kids there, I think, and they stay there most of the night. It's like Saturday at, from 9 in the morning till Sunday. Mm-hmm. At nine in the morning, it's just a wonderful way to raise money, and and the luminarias at night are just absolutely incredible. You know, the little uh, brown paper sacks mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. the candles in them, and they have the names of either cancer survivors or the, or those who have uh, died from cancer, and they kind of line you know the track that the students uh, uh, follow in their walk or or run whatever it might be, and it, it's a fun time for the kids, but it also gives them the opportunity to know that they are do, doing something really, really significant, mm-hmm. you know, for people who really benefit from this. And I just encourage you to uh, get your arms around that uh, Relay for Life, and especially if you have kids in the area, allow them to participate with you. You bet. The Stanislaw Art Council Senior Spotlight brightens the State Theater with entertainment on Sunday, May 3rd. It's a one in the afternoon, built as a variety show designed to please viewers of all ages. The Senior Spotlight. I think we've established we all no qualify. No room. seniors in this room. <laughs> right, Vern? <All> right. <laughs> Ages 55 years and older. Okay. <laughs> Performing in a professional review. Singers, dancers, comedy acts, monologues, uh, complete oh, with wow. costumes and stage band and professional grade lighting and sound equipment. Uh, and this Mr. is. Mr. Owl could do his tap dance routine there. Huh? Hey, and you yeah, could yeah, do yeah, all kinds. A... No, you don't even qualify yet, but almost, right? As a senior? Something. Volunteers. Well, according <laughs> to AARP, I do. And I wish they quit sending me those mailers. Well, no. forget about it because they're not going to let up on you. Not anytime soon. Volunteers of all ages are needed to help out with setup, serve refreshment, ushers, and cleanup between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. The Arts Council is also seeking sponsors and donors to support this unique and entertaining entertaining event. This is a great way to uh, make friends and meet people and just uh, establish some wonderful relationships and uh, 
just a, a great, great thing. So what a wonderful opportunity to uh, volunteer and, and, and meet and greet people. What a, a fun, fun time. Now, the Stanislaw County Health Services Agency, an agency that we love to partner with, and, and uh, great, great time uh, there. Use your cheery smile and customer service skills to help provide health services to the public. They have a gift shop, and they need volunteers to greet and help out uh, customers with sales, operate uh, the cash register, wrap gifts, and help maintain an attractive display of merchandise and general store appearance. Uh, Interested people should possess customer service skills and the ability to interact with a diverse clientele in a respectful manner and have register experience. Uh, Sales experience is a plus but not necessary. Uh, Information desk volunteers are also needed to welcome and direct patients and visitors throughout the agency and provide public relations uh, for the department to run errands and transport patients via wheelchairs also needed. Again, flexible volunteer shifts are available weekdays, and volunteers must be at least 18 years of age. You need to pass a background check for both positions. The HSA is a network of outpatient medical programs and services providing health care information to support the community. You know, speaking of the HSA, our wonderful partners, over 90 uh, some odd partners that we uh, partner with now, our uh, pandemic flu exercise drill this Thursday at Johansson High School, uh, along with the HSA and, and many others, uh, April 16th. And we want to thank the many volunteers uh, who have signed up to take part in this drill, and we will also be giving you a report on that next week. Thanks to all of you who volunteered to get the flu. <laughs> this is just a play really drill, that. though. We oh, wanna, it's just It's just play. for play, oh, Pastor okay. Mike. We don't really, hopefully, none of you will have it, but uh, we just are preparing I, for it. I could show up for real. Possibly. We could probably do yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's going to take place again at Johansson High School this Thursday, and we will give you a report on that. Next and a lot week. of volunteers uh, of our volunteers are going to be playing, yes. you know, the dead, near dead, almost dead. Grateful <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> 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 that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, too. We remember them. But uh, if you, no, dear we friends, don't have, here at the we're table. moving we, on here. We're not that old. I think. If you that. have any questions <laughs> about any of these uh, volunteer opportunities, please feel free to call Barbara Borba. She'll do much better than we do it. She's at 209-524-1307, <laughs> extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307. Extension 113, or email her. She's at bborba at uwaystand.org, or you can give us a call here at 209-544-9571. The AVC website, where you can log on to uh, www.vibrantcommunities.org and click onto that little daily update page uh, where you'll find a current list of opportunities to serve many of uh, those opportunities come in the form of donating furniture uh, to those who have need uh, of items like beds, all sizes, but mostly twins. Uh, Some need sofas, dressers, and odds and ends that you can read about. Uh, Make sure it's not something that you were going to hand off to the DUMP, okay? Uh, Give as Jesus did, generously. Uh, I like the way Eugene Peterson says it in his version in the message, give extravagantly. Mm. That's how Jesus gave. Uh, A couple of... um, Items here uh, for the um, um, dates to remember. All donations uh, for Camp Scholarships, Christian Beret's annual breakfast bonanza. You might want to write this down on your calendar. Coming up Saturday, April 18th from 7 to 11 a.m. That's going to take place 
at the Modesto Covenant Church, 913 Floyd Avenue. They're going to serve up some eggs, bacon, sausage, pancakes. Uh, Mr. Al's looking and John's all hungry over there. Biscuits and gravy, uh, all kinds of things, and, and this will be for a great, great cause. Also on May 2nd, uh, Modesto Pregnancy Center's Walk for Life. This is going to be a great event, uh, food and fun, games and prizes. It's the 17th annual Walk for Life. Uh, they're going to uh, start at Davis Park, which is uh, on the corner of College and Rumble. I know that because it says right here on this piece or of call paper. Or Elaine will give you directions. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. And you'll you find that church in, in Omaha. Uh, yeah. Idaho or somewhere, <laughs> who knows. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great event. So, uh, Or was it Utah? Maybe, out but there. let's yeah. move on. Because also something neat is happening on May 2nd as well. It's the Youth Action Commission uh, for Stanislaw County uh, International Day of the Child Festival. And that uh, is going to take place uh, downtown uh, at the Gallo Center. And uh, we will be there. ABC will be there. Uh, Cindy Marks and myself will be uh they're representing that. That's going to be an all-day festival, the culmination of nine months of work by the youth commissioners. It's going to focus attention on the needs of and resources available to support youth and their development physically, mentally, and spiritually. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, everyone in the community is invited and, co- and encouraged uh, to attend this fun family event. Lots of things starting to take place as our weather gets great. And uh, so we just would encourage you to uh, turn out for all of those events and you might not be able to attend all of them, but pick one and maybe volunteer at one. That would be great, too. You know, you were talking about furniture a moment ago, and, and we get a lot of calls from, interesting enough, Vernon and Barbara, from families who are coming out of homelessness and are able to get into rental places, you know, and it's a wonderful way to bless them and provide them for furniture that they couldn't otherwise afford. But what strikes me as absolutely incredible is in today's economy, we keep getting these calls. I was formerly homeless. I'm able to get in. That, that's got to be somewhat of a minor miracle there, I would think. It's kind of nice. Isn't it nice? Yeah, it's very nice. Amazing. We're, we're able to see that, uh, you know, you hear all the doom and gloom going on, and we're seeing some good stuff going on. Yes, we on. are. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Can I make mention, uh, she talked about all the events coming up. I got one for you. All right. Oh, good, good. All right. May 16th. Write it down. All right. Mike's got to go rent himself a motorcycle. <laughs> okay, because the Modesto's putting on its very first own ride for rescue. Right. It's a motorcycle ride. It's a motorcycle Ooh. ride, and those out there has their motorcycle and they want to come to the mission. It's uh, $25 for the rider and bike, and he gets a patch, and we, we're going to uh, get or breakfast. Or she. Or she. Yeah, <laughs> i got to add a she because I, I know some ladies yeah. that have bikes. Uh, they're going to uh, have breakfast, and then we're going to ride our bikes to Greedley Hill. Okay. And it's up in the foothills, and we're going to have a, a nice lunch in there. Barbecue. And barbecue and cool. uh, some gifts. and it's Live good. music. Live music Yay. and just have a lot of fun. We're just And it's a great time. You get a patch that says, Ride for Rescue, Jesus Saves, Modesto Gospel Mission. It's got eagle wings, a beautiful patch. I love so, it. May yeah. 16th. May 16th. Uh, we'll have breakfast starting at 8 o'clock, and then the ride up to Greeley Hill will start at 9 o'clock. But we're also going to have a Blessing of the Bikes uh, where we will have people there uh, – able to pray with you and uh, ask God for safety for you on your bike and and uh, we're also taking pictures too so yeah. they get pictures and it's just a, a fun day this is our very first and, event so we don't know what we're doing and you know what's except neat about having that. first ever first, yeah, the first ever and what's neat about the blessing of bikes I have come across people that have no concept they're not even Christians about what blessing of bikes are about and it's a great 
Mm. Friendship, we call Barbara and I believe in uh, friendship evangelism, mm-hmm. and it's a great way to bring someone that's not a Christian maybe to come and hang out with some Christians. Can I bring and my tricycle? Does you can bring what sure. Mike. You can come and do whatever. We will I'm love just, to have I'm you. I'm just asking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you licensed? Oh, riding lawnmower. Are you licensed to drive? It might take you a while, but it's okay. <laughs> bring us John Deere. Are you licensed to drive? That yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everybody better stay off the road. Hey, how far is Greeley Hill? What, how? It, it will take about an hour and a half ride. Okay. It, it's not really far, but it's beautiful. Uh, we went up there this last week just to see how long windy it would take. Road. To windy windy road, road in some areas and straightaways with beautiful scenery in others. But it, it is very nice. And uh, uh, one of the churches up there uh, said we could use their grounds. And they're right next to the community center. Uh, so we can have the barbecue up there and their grounds for all of it. And it's really fun. You know, we were laughing earlier about um, AARP and uh-huh. uh, things like that. But, Birthdays and stuff. But have you noticed, <laughs> have you noticed that this, this particular age group is going out and buying motorcycles like crazy? We laugh about because we, it is, it's we a baby sit somewhere thing. and there were these guys with leathers coming all got gray hair like I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool. Born you know, to be free. Well, at least you still got hair to have great, you know? It's yeah, cool. Hair's yeah. a good thing to it have. It's a good thing. Yeah. And you know what? It's growing a, growing older gracefully is a good thing. I'm going to kick it. I'm sorry. I'm fighting all the way out. I'm not going to whatsoever. I'm fighting and screaming all the way. But we are looking forward to it because it does give, uh, it, it's a good cause, Ride for Rescue, and it is to uh, benefit the Modesto Gospel Mission. Of course, we uh, take care of the homeless in the area. That is Amen. where you guys are from. That's what you do here. And I'll tell you what, it is a thrill. To have you guys here, Vern and Barbara Dethridge, here in at Lighthouse Live. Once again, you are no stranger <laughs> to Modesto. Everybody here knows and loves you. Uh, so we really don't need probably to introduce you, although we love to do that. But let's just introduce you to the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. You guys drove here from Los Angeles uh, this morning or San Diego, somewhere down south there. Yeah. And uh, you drove all the way up here today. And we are just absolutely thrilled that you are here. But not on motorcycles. Not on motorcycles. I wanted to, but the weather (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't. We are so glad. Hope you had a wonderful Easter weekend. We were talking about that earlier. What a wonderful time of the year. We just rejoice in our risen Savior. And it's just an awesome, awesome time to celebrate as we just celebrate with you, dear friends, being here with us. And, you know, this isn't, uh, I was thinking about, Last night, as I was thinking, you guys being here, this isn't Letterman's late night embellished uh, brush with death kind of things. But, you know, Vern, when we were talking about you coming on the show, you had a recent experience uh, that we wanted wanted you to share with us because you um, you had quite a, a moment where your your perspective of life kind of sort of changed. And uh, why don't you bring us up to date on uh, your, your health situation? Well, it, you know, it's kind of one of those things we're at. The, we laughingly say we're, you know, because I'm turning 60 and I'm kicking and screaming about it. But uh, it's kind of that patch and repair time in our life. You know, really, you know, we've got to be careful. And uh, last year, in fact, it started uh, in November, uh, uh, two weeks before Thanksgiving, uh, a, a series of things, and I, I hate to get into it because I tell you what, I've, I tell everybody this, and they can't believe it, they're scratching their forehead because one thing after another occurred. And just, you know, real quickly, uh, cars breaking down and everything you want to think of, 
And then Barbara tweaks her knee out, and she can't walk around. This is a week before my surgery. I had to have surgery. And my poor horse ends up in bob wire. <laughs> and I got pictures of him. He's got a blue cast on his leg, the same color I had on my, my foot. <laughs> and, and this all happened within a three-day period, right? And so we're scratching our head going, what in the world's going on here? But I, have a, a, I had a bad foot. Uh, apparently, the horse stepped on it years ago, and I didn't realize and broke it, and I didn't, you know, like most, you know, kind of brain-dead guys, you know, I, I didn't go out and get it fixed. And so it grew back crooked, and so it had to be rebroke, oh. shaped, and put a screw in. Oh, boy. Well, I think I'm tough, and I can handle that. And uh, I spent, I went in for surgery. At the same time, Barbara's got her knee banged up, and she could hardly move. And so this is week before Thanksgiving, and I uh, had the surgery. Had spent two weeks in the uh, bed. He was taking bets if I'd stay in there. Because ha- watching me stay down is pretty ridiculous. I don't mm. stay down. I'm up and going and doing everything. With his leg up in the air. Yeah. I put, had to be up in the air above my heart. And I was giving myself shots. Uh, blood thinner oh, shots, you know. Yeah. That was fun. But anyway, I uh, got through the two weeks and had to cast. And I ended up on crutches. And uh, things, hopefully, you thought would get better. It, it just didn't get any better, trust me. It just, everything could happen. Happened, mm. you know when they say uh, Murphy's Law, mm-hmm. we lived it. Uh, so we lived we, it. We lived it. The last six weeks of 2008. <laughs> we yes. didn't do Christmas. Forget <laughs> it. Christmas, bah humbug. Oh, <laughs> we didn't do. It. We just no lights, no trees, no nothing. I mean, we just couldn't do it. We just uh, too many things happened, you know. And so we we laughed and goes, you know what, devil, you know, to be kind, I told him bite me. I mean, get away. I mean, you're not gonna stop me, and we mm. we keep going. So we got through it. Being on crutches, I learned a value lesson. It taught me a healthy respect for those that live on crutches mm-hmm. and people that live in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became a strong advocate for them because I've had a spinal injury when I was in the Army. And so I've been in a wheelchair a little bit, so I know what that felt like. But this really put a whole new meaning to me. I'd go to restaurants, and we'd go to the restaurant, eat lunch, and I'm in my wheelchair. And I'd judge the restaurant. And if it was difficult for me to get into the, into the bathrooms or get to the front door, I'd go to the manager and explain to him, hey, it's too hard to push that door open. I'd mm. be on crutches and almost knock me down. Mm. And uh, I would let him know. I, I guess I just, you know, felt sympathy for anybody who had to live on crutches or, you know, that's their sure. life. Mm-hmm. But it didn't get any better because uh, in January, uh, after they took the cast off, and they put a walking cast on. Forties uh, after that, I threw two blood clots in my lungs, and it almost oh, killed me. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all knocked oh. out. I had three blood clots, uh, one on my leg, two to the lungs, and I was in Fresno, and Barbara and I was visiting her dad down there. And I'm a helper, kind of, she can jump in and kind of fill in the in-betweens, because I was in so much pain. All I can remember, I was in the car and trying to lay out stretch, and I finally came to the point and said, i got to get to the hospital. This is like I've yeah. been shot. We were actually having lunch at a restaurant with my dad, and um, we were going to take him shopping afterwards, and Vern had not been feeling very well all morning. And all of a sudden, he said, you know, I'm going to go out in the car and wait for you guys. And he's a pretty tough guy, so that was kind of major, and he likes his food, too. So, uh, (laughs) so Dan and I went out there and, and uh, he was saying, you know, I need to get home to Modesto because I I really do need to go to the emergency room. So I said, okay, we took our dad home and, and, uh, about that time he said, I don't know, maybe I better go to the emergency room here in Fresno. And we got another block down the road and he was so bad. Mm. I pulled over to the side of the road and called 911 for an ambulance. And so we went uh, to the Kaiser hospital down in Fresno, um, in, by ambulance, and uh, it was just 
shocking to us. We didn't really know what was wrong. He has had a back injury, so we and sometimes that really throws him. So we thought maybe that was it, but it wasn't. It was very, uh, it was uh, a very serious thing that happened and, and really scared us. <laughs> we was in the emergency room about six hours, and they was pumping morphine in me, trying to get the pain under control. Because wow. I was almost pain. for me, I have give you an idea that my pain level. I can even cut the end of my finger off the saw and drive myself to the hospital. No big deal. I mean, I just tolerate pain. This, I'm almost the verge of screaming. It was so much. They just pumped me for morphine. It was hilarious. Barbara's trying to get information from the doctor. How serious is this? They finally discovered what it was, two blood clots in the lungs. And the doctor leans over to my face with her kind face, quietly to mine, says, do you want to be on life support? <laughs> oh, good. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> you know, pump, live, breathe, keep the kid alive. You know, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It freaked me Up out. Up until that point, you know, I, I, I don't know what was happening. I'm, I'm a, I have to have the facts. Give me the facts, and that way I'll know, okay, what's happening. And, and she was being very cagey until she said that, and then we knew how serious it was. Mm, yeah. And, of course, we had been praying anyway. And so here I am then. Uh, I had his cell, his cell phone and my cell phone, and I just uh, sent a message to everybody on our phone saying what happened and pray. Mm. I did it for convenience. That way I made one call. I text this message. One call went out. I mean, it went out all over the place. Um, and of course, not realizing that then both of our phones were going to go crazy. People calling in, oh, of course. Yes. They ended up putting me out of the emergency room. They threw her, they threw her out of the emergency room. Because my phone, you know, I was telling you, has a donkey ring to it. And, my, and, and mine, her, has her, Scot- mine has Scotland the Brave. Scotland. And it's going crazy and they ask her to leave. But what she, just prior to this, it was funny, just prior to this, and the doctor says to me, you know, do you want to be in life of sport? And, I, and at that point, I know, and she says, you're going to be uh, critical for the next 24 hours. going to tell us if you're going to live or not. And I'm going, uh, Oh, yeah, okay. She leans over. My wonderful life did, my wife did the most wonderful thing in my life. I will go to my grave with it. As she pokes me in the forehead with her finger, says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. You know, she's poking me in the forehead. I'm going, yes, dear. Yes, dear. <laughs> it was, a, I loved it. Uh, you know, I couldn't be But that's afraid. the only place to yeah. go. I had no it wife. was the only place yeah. to go. We had no control. Uh, the doctors really had no control over no. what was going to happen. We, we what had, was going to happen was going to happen. And that was the thing I would, I would have to say. At this point, Christ is our anchor. Amen. He, you know, it wasn't for him in my life at that moment. Because I knew if I, you know, I didn't want to die. Uh, seriously, I didn't want to croak off right that moment. I got a lot left to do, a lot of things I want to do in my life. I got great grandchildren. I got grandchildren I love to pieces and a wife I adore and all these things and doggies and everything. I wasn't ready to go. Mm. You know, you hear people say, I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm sorry. I'm going out quick and kicking. I, I'm not ready. God's yeah. not done. <laughs> it's that moment, that very moment I realized who is important in your life? Christ has to be first. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment I started feeling a little, a little serious about, okay, Lord, I think you're right. And it's been, we spent a week. We spent a week in the hospital. It was really cool. Uh, Barbara didn't leave my side, and they brought. They had a chair there for her that turned into a bed, and and uh, we had friends to come down, you know, because it was really my kids. All my kids come running down there. Uh, they didn't, they didn't bring the horse, though. No. They tried. Oh, no, God. But they, you know, they wouldn't let them through the front yeah. door. You know, the little you know, there's so many things. <laughs> there were so many things during that time. Uh, Vern and I, of course, work with people who are in crisis, yeah. heavy crisis. Sure. Um, but it's just something that you do, and you have that grace of God that's sufficient for all mm-hmm. of that. 
and we had really not had to deal with something so serious with us. And we're very self-sufficient, and all of a sudden, uh, we couldn't do anything for ourselves. Mm. Uh, you know, he's laughingly talking about the one, the one horse that got into the barbed wire, but I couldn't uh, help the horse. He couldn't help the horse. We had to have friends come because it had to be bandaged every day and doctored twice a day, and we couldn't do anything for ourselves. And it was so nice to have a wonderful network. We don't have any family that live right here, but friends uh, and, of oh. course, the family of God. Oh, my gosh. Because people came out of the woodwork. Whatever we needed, it was um, it was just wonderful. It, it just it, it just goes to show that um, you're never alone well, if you're part of the family of God. That's how Barb and I are, you know, because we're very self-efficient. And one of the things that is the hardest thing in the world you'll find me. One of the, one thing I know about myself, I don't ask for help. If I have to get something down, now I have a bad back, and 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 I don't ask for help when I lift up something heavy and be dumb, right? Hurt your back. I, I just don't know how to do that. I do not know how to help. And I have a wonderful friend named Sean O'Neill. And I hope he's listening. He's a good cowboy. Him and I, we've, ran, <laughs> we've moved some cattle. I've moved some cattle with him around up in the hills. And, and he came faithfully twice a day and gave the horses their pills. Mm. He bandaged it and took care of it. Uh, and it, it was hilarious because we felt like it jumped off of us on him a little bit because Thanksgiving Day he came out with his wife to, to visit with me, you know, because we just got out of the hospital. And his wife ends up in the ditch with her truck. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, broke my. a wheel and everything. So I loaned him my truck so he can get his <laughs> truck fixed. It was like it, everything, you know, tell people, don't come near us. <laughs> it jump off us and on you. Look out, you know. You know, Elaine, yeah. honestly, was the little stuff, too. These were huge things, of course. But uh, it, during this time, it was all of the little things that you take for granted, too. Got up one morning. It was one of the first cold mornings. The heater wouldn't come on. I couldn't find my car keys, so I had to use Vern's car keys. I went out. My car wouldn't start. You know, a perfectly good car. Um, so it, friends, again, came and helped and did all those things that was necessary. And I, ha I had to work. I couldn't stay home with Vern, so we had, had somebody come out and stay with him because he was bedridden. And I get a call a couple of uh, hours later, and the guy who'd come out to stay with Fern was going to help me with some yard work, and he broke a water line. And so this is all on the same morning. Oh, this is all in four this days, was, And four this, days. all of this was on the same morning. Yeah. And when he called me to tell me that that line had broken, I, I started laughing. I mean, it was so... It's Funny hilarious. because so many things had happened, and and we just said, you know, like, oh and my how goodness. was your day? <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't even. It was like, oh, okay, what else? And the staff, the staff knew what was going on, and all laughing. They come by and they look at us and they're scratching their head, going, "Stay away from me!" <laughs> Don't come they, near. They, yeah, what was going on? But you know, we got through it. And you know, we got through it. It's and, just as though Christ is just. Holding you guys well, at yes. this point in this yeah. valley yes. that you you were in. Oh and yes, how, how precious! Oh, how precious yes. is that? How, what got, would we have done? Oh, we've yeah. got so much more with you guys. I don't know if you've heard uh, the Christian artist Matthew West and what he went through with his vocal cords. Um, mm -hmm. He was told that he couldn't sing or perhaps talk to his wife and his baby girl anymore, and and God just did uh, a miraculous thing in in his life. Uh, and his testimony is how God was, was faithful with him through all of that. But it was just uh, remarkable what he did in, in that. Here's Matthew West, because uh, like Vern and all of us, he's got something to say. That's the name of the song, and we'll be back with more on Lighthouse Life. Wake up, 7.32 a.m. Can't believe it's time to do it over again yesterday. It took all that you had, and you're wondering if you'll ever get it back. But the whole wide world is waiting for, waiting for you to step out that door. Come on and 
something to say. That's Matthew West here on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike Elaine and Vern and Barb Detheridge of the Modesto Union Gospel Mission. And I'll tell you what, what a great, great story. Well, let's continue it on from there, Vern. So you're in the hospital and that wonderful wife of yours just <laughs> taps you gently on the forehead. Oh, no, gently. not gently. <laughs> gently. <laughs> you're like, hit me, you know, you know, she poked me good, pretty good, but she got my attention. And I think it was that moment looking at her eyes, mm. that I felt the seriousness of it because mm. she, she felt it. You know, it's funny how things run through your mind about that kind of thing. I was worried about uh, the mission at that point. Mm. I was thinking, oh, no, wait a minute. Someone's got to do this and that, and all these things are running through my head. And uh, Barbara's here with me. And so because, you know, either one of us, you know, things would be okay. You know, one of us be in the office, and, and we both were at the hospital, you know. And she didn't. She wasn't going to leave my side, which I appreciated that very much. Of course. So. So she stayed with me the whole time. And uh, it took a few days. You know, they put you on Coumadin to get it dissolved. And uh, the, the sad part about it, and this is the hardest part for us, it, a blood clot took my mother's life. Mm. And so, you know, that kind of thing kind of struck me a day later. I went, sure. oh, my gosh, sure, you know. Yeah. 
you yeah. think back. So, but now you know, and if I can get my body back in shape again, I would be happy. You know, it just continues on a little bit. The crutches, being on crutches, uh, has a tendency to take it out on you too because uh, all the weight was on one leg, and all those months, and now that leg, I've got a problem with the knee, and I'm trying to get it to calm down, so I don't have any more problems. Did it make you look at your ministry and your life a little bit differently, Vern, at how you do things? And Well, first question was, Lord, would you try to take me out of this way? So that <laughs> kind of a thing. you're trying to get my attention here. Um, it, it made me think a lot of uh, back, Lord, have, have I done what you wanted me to do? Mm, mm. You know, if the scripture says in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, it talks about, when we stand before God, we must give an account. And Mike knows this as all ministers do. All anyone of, of that's given an account, uh, God's given them a mission in life to do. They're going to stand before the Lord and give an account. Mm-hmm. And He says uh, to do it not to do it grudgingly, uh, unhappily, but with joy. Yeah. And uh, I want to stand before the Lord and say, "Okay, yeah. you know, is it okay? Did, did I do all right? right. You know, because I just want to hear Him say, faithful servant.' Exactly. Welcome. That's all, you know." No pats on the back. That's just Elaine, just I think one of the things that we uh, both thought of, and Vern alluded to it a moment ago, is that uh, when you are key in a particular ministry and you don't have somebody on site and trained and ready to step into the role, you realize that uh, you are somewhat vulnerable. The ministry, rather, is somewhat vulnerable. Now, it's God's ministry totally. And if we were run over by a truck today, somebody else would step in. But it did make us realize that um, you need to have some type of uh, plan for continuance, something where you can uh, have the ability to not have a major hiccup in the services you provide or the continuity of of having the relationships in the community that we uh, are very privileged to have and have developed down through the years. And so we we looked at, uh, like everyone who who faces death a little bit sooner than what you had anticipated. And we looked at our life in total, uh, what really is most important. And I think we, we already had a pretty good handle on people are important. You know, I have a to-do list, uh, uh, Mike said earlier, about loving God mm-hmm. and loving people. Mm-hmm. And right at the top of my to-do list, every time I it's all scratched off and I'm having to move it to a, a, a nicer-looking sheet, I put love God and love others at the top of it. Mm-hmm. And then the second line I, I write, live simply so others may simply live. Oh. So in that respect, I think we had a really good um, handle on on uh, the things that are most important to us. But it it made um, it made the the rest of the things um much more important, the the grandchildren, mm-hmm. the fact that we don't get to see them as often as we would like to, and um, and but definitely for the ministry. And we actually have just uh, this last month uh, hired an assistant director. Oh, wow. and so yeah, you well, and yeah, and it's a good thing, and and we were ready for it anyway. But for somebody to come in that. That literally, if something happened to us, there would be some continuity. Whether or not that person would step in as the executive director, of course, would be up to our board of directors. It's not a, 
it's not an automatic thing, but at least somebody on site who has the purview of the entire ministry. We have fabulous department heads. Uh, we were able to start uh, managing the, the mission department style in, in the year 2000, which I, I can't believe was nine years ago. But <laughs> uh, so that was really good. But still having having that uh, that person on site and and it, it does having having um, a life um, experience that points out to you how how fragile we really are. Well, you know, David in the Psalms pointed to that many times. I was thinking. I think it's uh, Psalm thirty-nine, eleven, where he says, uh, you know, every man is a mere breath. I think is yes. how he put it. And it's so yeah. true. And just the very thing that you're, you're talking about, having that backup plan. We uh-huh. have to kind of look at that here, too, don't we, Mike? <laughs> well, in, you know, and, and yeah. one, one of the dynamics, though, there that's very interesting. And you look at, at Paul and, and uh, Timothy, I and mean, it's the same, not much has changed over 2,000 years. But it, it's those relationships that God forges, yes, you know, through individuals that become radically important yes. in His delivering of the mm-hmm. ministry mm-hmm. through those relationships, through those conduits. Mm-hmm. And you really can't just plunk no. someone into a leadership position like no. that, yeah. you know, because it takes so long to develop those networks and those relationships that that God uses in a, in a powerful way. And, and we do have to be somewhat intentional about raising people up who can uh, continue. But the problem is, and I'm sure you've experienced, man, when you're in the firefight, you're just you're just hoping to get through the day. You're not thinking, you know, who can I train to do this tomorrow, right? Well, and that's yeah. true. And, you know, we definitely are an extension of the community. I mean, if there's ever an yes. organization, well, yours is yes. too. Um, but if there's ever an organization that is just sure. the hands of the community, it's us. Mm-hmm. And so the relationships are very important. The fact that uh, well, I took a class when Bern and I first started uh, doing this, and I thought, you know, I need to see what some of the experts are doing about this. And the very first uh, class that I took in development was development as a ministry. And I was really glad because the second class I took was uh, – major donors and I said oh my gosh I'm in over my head but anyway uh, it was development as a ministry and I caught the vision immediately of how a gospel mission is merely a conduit for lay people to do what the Lord expects us to do for the homeless and poor and those in prison and and those who are hungry and those who are naked and so it's the gospel mission is not just important for uh, the service that the services that we do provide to the homeless and poor, but also to the community, uh, to allow them to empower them, if that's a good word. Mm-hmm. And oh, volunteers! My uh-huh. goodness, I mean, we—I don't even know. Every once in a while, somebody say, "How many volunteers you have?" And I say, "I don't even have a clue," because we have so many different levels mm-hmm. and so many different groups mm-hmm. and individuals. And, and um, thank God for yeah. each and every oh, one. You know, of them. it's oh, it's yeah. a God yes. thing. Yeah, I mean, it oh. is. Totally a God thing, and we're privileged to be there. Yeah, the 25th of this month of April, we have our volunteer uh, picnic barbecue that's our appreciation to our well, It's another calendar event. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> calendar event. And it's, it's always fun because we just have a great time. And, and uh, this year, I'm not – I usually do the uh, self-sacrifice on the barbecue and usually burn the hair off my arms and do all the cooking <laughs> and stuff. This year, I'm going to turn it over, and I'm slowly going to back off and let other people do that and just enjoy meeting with everybody. Mm-hmm. But like Barbara said, we've been so privileged all these years. You look oh, back and, thank you, and see such great miracles. Oh, my gosh. And we get to meet – we know people like you and, and just, you know uh, – 
I mean, it's isn't it? So, it, it I, is. Well, How else would we have this connection? There would uh, there would have yeah, never been this connection in this room yeah. right here. Well, turn turn on the clock back now. Yeah. When did God connect you with the mission? Oh, 1986, mm-hmm. we started volunteering one night a month uh, preaching. And, and to tell you a story about that, it's funny because I, I, I wanted to do something for the Lord. And this is something Barbara and I really prayed hard about. And we was walking down the street one day. Uh, we lived over in the La Loma area. And we stopped in the middle of the street holding hands. And Barbara finally came to the point and said, okay, Lord, send us. Cause wherever. Little, wherever, because she was a little afraid to get it too far away from the kids kind of thing. And the Lord sent us whole five blocks away <laughs> to mission. And, so, and I'll never forget my first night down there. I had prepared a sermon like you wouldn't believe. Oh, the best in the world, right? <laughs> Stood up there just preaching like mad, to, you know, sweat around the collar. And I'm, I'm just really pouring it in there. And I got done, and I looked over at Barbara as, as we were winding down in the music, and I looked at Barbara and said, how about that one? She goes, eh, it's all right. <laughs> He still rubs it in. <laughs> and I laughed about it. It taught me that humility right from the get-go, you know, especially when the guys in the front row sound asleep. So I, I just thought, I thought, okay, you know. Now, really now good, he, right? has, he has improved since then. I, I, it's but like, we started just, just the one night a month. Yeah. That's all it was. Wow. But we just, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. And then we wanted to do more, and we wanted to do more. And then uh, by the time 1989 rolled around, first burn, um, quit his career and, and um, law and enforcement, we, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and, and well, We can argue about this because I said it was 88. She says 89. Vern <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> was split May 1st, 1989. <laughs> I was July 1st, 1989. Well, and, and Which was fine because um, I'm, I made a good living and so mm-hmm. I was going to make the living for the family and he was going to do it full time down mm-hmm. at the mission for uh, for free. And actually, that was a miracle in itself because uh, he had gone with me on a business trip to New York and when we came back, we took a few days vacation and uh, we talked about about the whole thing. That's when we made the decision. Okay, he was going to do this full time and I was going to continue to work. So the next Monday morning, I went back to work and and he went down to the mission. Jack Hewitt, the executive director at the time, Mm. said, "Um, Vern, the Lord told me this weekend I need to hire you. How much money do you need to come to work here? And, of course, Bert says, well, I was going to come for nothing. <laughs> well, I said if the Lord told you to hire you, he told you how much. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it was funny because uh, mission work at that time, you know, it was, you didn't, back it was paid below minimum wage. Yeah. And mm. that's what was there. We didn't care. And, and that was May. I actually officially then was May 1st. Barbara, to finish the story, was neat. It was the board of directors in faith. Now, they stepped out in faith because they needed someone to do development. The mission needs to be known by people, and it's just yeah. brand-new mom-and-pop kind of a thing. And they recognized the cost and everything to do, do this, and they wanted to, to grow. And so they asked me, he says, you think Barbara would like to come to the mission to work? Now, she doesn't toot her horn, and I'm going to toot it for her. She was an international credit manager for a very large corporation. It's French-owned. Uh, she was the only woman of her kind actually in the world, mm. seriously. Yeah. She already turned down one job with the Chinese government. Uh, they wanted her to come. She's and do poking something. you. Yeah, again. I know. She <laughs> but it's not in the head. She's no, good it's not in the head this time. She's a good poker. She, but, she, uh, but she was. You know, she was very high in her position in that, but in obviously you know, made a salary that went with it. And it took us, I don't, I don't believe, 10 seconds. Uh, when the board asked her to come mm. to work, and and obviously they offered what little bit they could offer because they would literally if they didn't have the money they was going to pay it out of their own pocket and they recognized that it took us about ten seconds it just felt right it just it, felt so we good. just we knew we didn't even really have to discuss yeah. it I think we looked at each other and said well what do you think 
And that was about uh, all of the discussion there was because it, it just in our spirit, we just knew it was right. Just she came to work officially July 1st of 1988. 89. <laughs> 88. And you have and, been blessing this community ever since. Well, oh, we, we've, been just, we've been blessed. We've been blessed. I think been we've been, a, we've been a witness to so many miracles and people's lives coming back together you could not imagine. It's been a twofold. I, I still twofold. see people that, that oh, have their lives, Christ healed them. Oh, brought them back as productive human beings and mm. to this day this very day i still call people call me i have a gentleman in florida he shows sends me pictures of his children he's uh ecstatic for his church and his and his plumbing contractor plumbing contractor and he just and he and i'm just like his he's one of the very first, first who had graduated mm. from the new life program mm. and so mm. that was uh by the time we really got the program going pretty well that was probably a couple of years later yeah. so 91 yeah. 92 mm. somewhere in there and he's been doing fabulous and i have two gentlemen <sighs> always in that time of spare when you feel a little depressed uh mm. scott calls me and that picks me up and then uh, i won't give his full name but uh mark uh, Mark has come and got a hold of the Lord with both hands. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give his name. His name is Mark Cullum, and he's the pastor. No, 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 no. Uh, wait a minute. Don't, no wait a minute. I'm going to tell him. I want to tell him. Honey. Don't jump on that. No, wait a minute. But he, he came go, and got a, hold of, he got a hold of Jesus with both hands. Now, you can imagine a great-looking guy, feet. right? I mean, he was Greek-looking guy, you know, great <laughs> Greek God kind of look. And the girls just thought he was greatest, but he didn't want anything to do with anybody but Jesus. Mm. He got a hold of Jesus both hands, went through the program. Uh, you know, he was a drug dealer, and, and, mm -hmm. and he, mm -hmm. but he was the first in his family to come to know Jesus. First He's Christian been, I believe, first 14 time. years now as wow. a senior pastor for the Capitol Foursquare Church in Sacramento. Mm. Incredible young man. And, and I'm, whenever I feel bad, I just think of Mark. For some reason, Mark kind of sense it, and he calls me, and we just talk and pray together. And uh, that kind of thing, you know. He gave his testimony at yes. uh, one of your banquets. Yes, yes uh, he did. Years, awesome. Three years ago, he did. Very, very powerful. Yes. Oh, our so. time is going so short. I hate when that happens, but what do you see God doing at the mission? And and just maybe encourage our listeners wherever they may be listening, and maybe the Mark's oh, listening. Goodness. I don't know, but uh, what uh, what needs are there? And just uh, wrap it up because we have maybe three and a half, uh, four okay. more minutes. Well, we always need more volunteers, and oh, I would kind of like to spotlight the the children's ministry okay. a little bit All because right. lots of people know that uh, gospel missions serve adults but I don't think they realize how many children we have there also and of course down through the years we've always had children as they came with their parents but a couple of years ago we were able to open a children's building that is just for them and office offers all kinds of programs and services just for them and it's just amazing. We don't call them uh, homeless children. We call them children of homeless parents. Mm. So that way it's it sounds like a little thing, but for them it's really big. Huge. And we see all different uh, ages and types of children, of course. But um, they all are, on the one hand, just heartbreakingly in crisis, but on the other hand being children uh, so ready and eager to have love and to feel love and to look at that glass as uh, half full and yes, not half empty yeah. but they also have a very full uh, plate as far as the the bad things are in their life and so i just like to remind everybody to when they think about it just to pray for the children at the mission 
um, because they, they do have a very, very heavy burden. And if you feel so led to come and help us with them, because the more the merrier. We have them all the way from babies in arms to a late-night drop-in center for teenagers who are running the streets. And, um, you know, they are, they're not just the next generation. They are the generation that will be with our children and our mm-hmm. grandchildren. And they deserve to be safe because God made them just like he made us. And he does Absolutely. not make junk. Uh, funny, we don't want to throw them away. One of the yeah. funniest things is the kids, if you notice on all of our vehicles, on our vans, we do not put the, our name on them. Because the children asked us if, if we didn't do that so that when they went to school, they wouldn't be embarrassed coming in the uh, mission van. Uh, and so we never put our name on the van so mm. that they would never, ever be embarrassed that they yeah. came from the mission. That really it's, means a lot to the kids. Yes, oh, self-esteem to help them uh, feel that. No and they love you. the Lord with their hands. Uh, I tell you, we need prayer there because we've got young men in the community that they're not homeless, but they live close by. Very bad home life. They come to our mission. And one young man, if, uh, if we don't get him intervening into Christ in his life, he's going to be a mass murderer someday. He will so. be well, a mass murderer. You know, Vern, it, it, and we were talking earlier about government programs, and you and I have both worked for government and law enforcement and all that. But, uh, you know, government does some things well, but God ordained the church to take care yes. of the community. Yes. Absolutely. And, and especially when it comes to dealing with, with the homeless and such, without Christ, Yes. Nothing sticks. Nothing. Nothing right. Sticks. It's the first step. <laughs> it really, really is. And, and we thank you for answering that call <laughs> so many years ago and being uh, faithful to that call. Uh, got about 30 seconds left. How can people pray for you guys, Vern? Well, for us personally, mm-hmm. uh, we have a tough job, and you know his grace is sufficient, but sometimes we feel a little crushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just... Um, you know, have have a kind word for us. Send us a little note and say we love you. That works and good healing. for us too. And <laughs> healing to the body. Yeah. Yes, Lord, yeah. this body's getting wore out. No more healing. blood clots. No more blood clots. Uh, Heal no. the knees. They hurt. You know, Amen. and improve my golf swing. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we want to thank you guys for uh, coming in and being with us. The long drive and and thank you for all that you do. And then thank some. You. Thank you, dear friends, for listening everywhere you are and have a great week and may God continue to bless you as you love your neighbors as you love yourselves.